Clear is a faster way into Capital One Arena. Download the free Clear app to beat the crowds on game day. Enter through the Clear Lane at the 7th and G Street entrance across from Clyde's. This is Caps This Morning with John Walton and Ben Raby on Caps Radio 24-7. Anthony Mantha speaks to the media on being scratched from the lineup. A practice day and a travel day to Philadelphia. And Tarek El-Bashir will join us on Backstrom and Wilson's return and more. Good morning, everybody. Today is Tuesday, January 10th. Welcome to Caps This Morning here on Caps Radio 24-7. Presented by Clear, the faster way in a Capital One arena. The Caps will hit the ice this morning at 11 o'clock in Arlington prior to the team's departure for Philadelphia and a game tomorrow night with the Flyers at Wells Fargo Center. After a lightly attended optional skate yesterday, today is expected to be a full session, giving us a look at what the lines are likely to be tomorrow night in Philly. It is expected that Anthony Mantha will be a healthy scratch again tomorrow night for the second straight game. Mantha skated with the extras yesterday at the optional and talked to the media after saying it's not fun, it's part of the business, and he saw it coming after the game against Nashville on Friday. I think I had a good stretch, a bad stretch, part of hockey. I don't think I was playing terrible. Obviously, the minutes were going down, so that's his decision to to play me 9 minutes 43 in my last game there, so uh, you kind of knew it was coming. He also said that he doesn't believe it's his production that Peter Laviolette has an issue with. It's perhaps his all-around game. Could have been different. I don't think it's necessarily the the points and the goals that he's mad about. I think it's more uh, the rest of the game. Here this morning to chat about Mantha, the goalies, the return of Tom Wilson and Nick Backstrom, as well as other topics, our pal Tarek El-Bashir, who caught up with me at the practice rink yesterday. Always a pleasure to chat with Tarek El-Bashir here around the practice rink. What a night we had with Nick Backstrom and Tom Wilson returning. And Ben said on the show yesterday, and I thought it was a really nice comparison, thinking back to the Chicago Bulls in the 90s where you'd introduce Scottie Pippen and then you'd introduce Rodman and then you get to Jordan. The the crowd just kept getting louder and louder and louder. That's kind of what it was like when the introductions came. It was nice that it worked out that way for both Nicky and for Tom. That might have been the first time that a player not named Alex Ovechkin got the biggest cheer of the night. It was definitely really big for Tom Wilson, and then it got really, really loud for a long time when Nicholas Backstrom was introduced. And you know that gave them energy. That gave the building energy. That that hyped up the bench. You know, a lot of times when the starters are being announced, it's just, you know, a little bit of noise with a lot of other noise, but that felt different. That felt different. That felt like it was from the heart. You could tell the fans that were there, they truly love these two guys for what, what, what they've done for the city, what they'll continue to do for the city, for bringing home a Stanley Cup and you could just hear it all pour out that was great a look back before we look forward to the Columbus game first of all we hadn't seen a game like that this year where the Capitals scored one goal and ended up winning not something that they have done at all they needed three or more to get to every single win this year strange game tight game we talked to Lars Eller in between periods he said it wasn't a lot of space out there but as far as the game was concerned hey it's two points and Darcy Kemper was terrific after the game I asked Peter Laviolette I said that was the first time in you know, all season where you guys won a game where you didn't score three goals did that show you something about the and before I even finished the question he was shaking his head no <laughs> he, he was like I much prefer four or five six goals <laughs> 
<laughs> Which, you know, it gave everyone a, a good laugh. But I think what it did was it did show this group that they are able to clamp it down and play a defensive battle w- when necessary. And Darcy has been good all year, but this last little stretch here, since he's come back from the injury that he sustained in Calgary at the beginning of December, he's really kind of taken his game to another level. Four shutouts now that, that leads the league. There's been a lot of debate and consternation and everyone talking about the goaltending situation after trading Vitek Vanacek and letting Ilya Samsonov go. And those guys have had decent seasons, good seasons for their teams. But Darcy Kemper and Charlie Lindgren have been, as advertised, exactly what this team needed, which is just consistent, competitive, night in, night out. You know what you're going to get. You're not going to get any bad goals. They've been outstanding. Going forward to the game in Philadelphia, there's been a lot of movement among the forwards in terms of lines, in terms of Backstrom and Wilson coming back, guys exiting the lineup, and then, of course, figuring out who's going to sit and who isn't. Anthony Mantha sits as a healthy scratch. Nicholas Albay-Cubell, tough decisions to be made, but you had to sit two guys to make it work. You send a couple of guys to Hershey and Protus and Snively, too. So a lot of moving parts here as this team right now is healthy as they've been all season. I think that's going to be good long-term for this team. I think it's going to build some internal competition. Not that anyone on this team has felt comfortable. I mean, this team's been playing very well. They've been pushing themselves. They've been pushing opponents here for about a month and a half. That said, I think the message sent when Anthony Mantha was sent to the press box, I think everyone's antenna went up. Everyone went, whoa. If Coach Laviolette is going to scratch a $5.7 million forward, the fourth highest paid forward on this team, I better be good every night if I want to keep my uh, keep my jersey. If you're Sonny Milano, you're looking around going, I better keep producing if I want to stay in the lineup. So I think that's going to be good long term. I'm not as down on on Mantha as some people are. I I think he's a good hockey player. I, I think that this coaching staff has done an outstanding job this season. I do think they need to figure out where he's best used. I mean, is some of it on him? Sure. Could he be better along the walls and in battles and maybe use his six foot five frame a little better? Sure. I think he's been the victim of some bad bounces at the offensive end. I think some shots that have gone in when he's on the ice, maybe the save percentage isn't all that great when maybe when someone else was out there, a big save was made. So I think maybe he's had some bad puck luck. I do think that this coaching staff, again, like I said, they've been outstanding. They've done a great job you know, shepherding this team through all these injuries, being the architects of, of this comeback. But they got to figure out a, a blueprint for Anthony Manthon. they got to find the buttons. they got to press the buttons. Let's see how he responds from this first scratching. On the subject of the accountability on the flip side of that, you mentioned Sonny Milano, who gets signed in October. He makes his debut in November. He's making the league minimum, and he stays in the lineup because he did see what was coming down the pike, I think, and he did make the most of it. And to be able to keep his spot when a guy like Mantha gets scratched, I think you can look at what Sonny Milano has done, and credit to him, because this might have been his last opportunity, and I feel like he's making the most of it. Everyone saw what was coming down the pike, right? Everyone saw that Tom Will and Nicholas Backstrom were getting closer and closer. And I think everyone kind of raised their battle level, even even in practice. And good for Sonny because, you know, here's a guy who, after last year, didn't have a great second half of the season with the Ducks. Still thought he was going to be able to not necessarily cash in, but at least get some security in free agency. Nothing materialized. And so, you know, he didn't really know how to approach his summer. He was probably a little down on the business and how everything turned out. And, you know, then he goes to Calgary and maybe he's not in the best of shape and he doesn't win a job there. And he ends up getting a one-way deal from Washington. And you're right. I mean, here's a player who probably knew this was his best, maybe last chance 
to show that he's an NHL player. You know, this is a player with pedigree. I mean, it's a player that was in the development program and was a high draft pick. <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm Brian McClellan, I'm probably trying to figure out, do I need to sign this guy to a two-year deal now before he continues to produce like this and prices himself out of the game? Because remember, this team is still going to be up against the cap going forward. Again, I, I don't know the particulars here, but I might be trying to sign him to a bridge deal here before he continues this this surge and, and maybe earns himself a significant raise. To that end, and I'll leave it here, is they're not the same players, but it's like Brett Connolly, a first-round pick with Tampa Bay, doesn't work in Tampa, doesn't work in Boston, comes here. He's almost kind of like this team's Brett Connolly, I think, in some senses where, you know, you take a chance on a guy, you sign him at low money, and maybe you do bring him back into your point, or maybe you don't, and he finds money somewhere else like Brett did. But he is, and it seems like for Brian McClellan, this is something he's awfully good at, to be able to identify guys who haven't been able to perform other places, buy the stock low, and watch it rise on Washington's watch. The pro scout scouting staff here in Washington, along with McClellan, is outstanding. I mean, just look at the moves they've made this year, you know, getting Dylan Strome, getting Eric Gustafson. I mean, everyone else in the league had an opportunity to get these guys too, right? Trading for Connor Brown, yeah, I know he's injured, but he was going to play a big role with this team. Identifying Darcy Kemper, you know, identifying Charlie Lindgren. He's a guy who's, before this year, played 29 NHL games, but they knew having watched him at the AHL level and, and last year with the Blues, that there was something more there. So yeah, I, I think it also speaks to, you know, in addition to speaking to you know, how strong this pro scouting staff is here in Washington, I think it also speaks to the culture in this room that a guy can you know, maybe bounce around a little bit and can't find his footing and then he comes here and he watches Alex Ovechkin work. He watches John Carlson work and he watches uh, how these guys play, how they practice, how they prepare and all of a sudden they find their game and they start producing and then before you know it, they're signing multi-year contracts. Our thanks to Tarek for joining us. Practice this morning, flight this afternoon, game tomorrow. It's the Caps and Philadelphia Flyers tomorrow night at 7 Eastern, 6.45 air on 106.7 The Fan and Caps Radio 24-7. Heard at CapsRadio247.com. Have a great Tuesday, everyone. For the latest on the Capitals and hockey news around the clock. Let's go, Tune in to Caps Radio 24-7. Listen online via the Capitals mobile app at CapsRadio247.com or ask Alexa to play Caps Radio 24-7 on TuneIn.